I was working with a kid about 20 years ago, and he was very, very troubled off the derech, ate on Yom Kippur, etc., etc. And after his journey of several years, he became Shaiman Tarim Mitzvahs. He actually was very, very frum, fantastic. He went through recently a very hard time, and he got kicked off the, the horse. And he told me, I'm not from anymore. So I said, come, let's schmooze. He came here to schmooze. He's sitting here. And um, it was great to see him. And he tells me, you know, I feel, you know, very bad about my matzah. I feel very, very, very bad. Um, I have a lot of shame because, you know, he learned a lot of halacha. You know what I'm doing is wrong and I'm not keeping Shabbos and all of that. I'm not 15 anymore. I'm, it's already years later. And I feel also, he tells me, I feel Avi, I feel like I let you down. I said, you let me down? He said, first of all, you're the strongest person I know. And I started reminding him of things that he did when I, when I knew him years ago and how strong he was to become from. And, and as I was telling him the stories, he was remembering it. And, and he was crying, he was crying. I said, that's who you are. You got kicked in the face. You went through. You went through terrible stuff again, and 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 your ribs are broken again, and you're not from now. If if you couldn't stick with it, no one could stick with it. You have every right to to, to feel tremendous agony and pain, and when you can, you're going to pick yourself up again. And nobody would tell him these things. His family was telling him again. You like what's the matter with you? Validation. He said, "You're the strongest guy I know. I could tell you stories. I could write a book about him." Mamashat Tzadik, Mamashat, unbelievable strength. I said, I know who you are. You got kicked off uh, off the horse again, and therefore you think I'm going to forget who you are? Chas v'shalom, chas v'shalom. So we spoke, we spoke, we spoke. I told him stories. He was crying, he was very emotional. I gave him a lot of chizuk. I gave him a lot of chizuk. I told him, and this is not something you should do as parents, but I could do it for him. I said, you should do one thing. One thing I'm asking you to do. Yom Kippur. It's a spiritual car wash. One day, a year, because he's not holding on anything more. I say, Whatever you're doing, I don't know if he's chayiv, he's not chayiv, it's not, it's not my business. Yom Kippur, you should keep. He's like, yeah, you're right. I could do it. 25 hours. I said, it's a good deal. It's a good deal. You're sitting a whole year, you go 25 hours, car wash. Shem says, I made this day to, to purify you. Show up for Yom Kippur. I know that, that uh, you know, like uh, they say, weed is a gateway drug. This is a gateway thing. You know, you start Yom Kippur, after Yom Kippur, it's very hard to go back. And you should have a shaykhis. I could have said other things, which I would have said to different people, which as parents you should not say. But I felt this was the right thing for him, especially because he had a special relationship with, the, with Yom Kippur, because after violating Rashi, uh, Yom Kippur for many years, when he started being from, he kept Yom Kippur. He did ex- certain extra chumras. So I know that that, that it would... Keep him kipper. It purifies you. Hashem says, I know you're going to sin. It's, it purifies you. I said, listen, other than that, think about what you could do. He tells me, yeah, you know, sometimes I want to make a bracha. And I think to myself, you know, that's what I'm going to do. I said, that's the Sahara. Because by the end of the year, imagine you're running a business. You're losing money, and you have a chance to make money. So you say, what should I make money for? i losing money? No. Do what you can. If you want to make a bracha, make a bracha. First of all, you're because of your pain. 
I'm not so sure Yechayev, and leave that to Hashem. Hashem is very understanding. He went through real, real, real pain. Uh, Gershon Edelstein said, Anusim, plenty of people. But you could always do, you could always do tshuva on, on the Averis. One day you'll do tshuva, may have, and they become even mitzvahs, right? But you can't do tshuva on not doing a mitzvah. He said, don't feel like that. Don't fall for that. I told him, you're too old for this. That's the teenage thing. God doesn't love me. How can I do a mitzvah? You, want, you feel like making a bracha, make a bracha. I'm not telling you to do something you don't want to do. I'm telling you, if you want to do it, if you wake up in the morning and you want to say Shema, say Shema. I reminded him of the first time he put on tefillin after many years in front of me and I gave him an art scroll or, or English uh, thing to say and he said Shema for the first time. He was, he was crying. I was reminding him that, that you have strength. When you can, you will. I'm not giving up on, on your ruchnius, I said, but you know by now that my, my main thing is I want you to be happy and you were happy as being from. After a lot of chizuk that I gave him, showing him, I know who you are, don't give up on yourself, don't fall for the state Sahara stuff, that uh, Hashem doesn't want your mitzvahs, Hashem wants your mitzvahs even more than anybody else's mitzvahs. He appreciates it. It's Shivcha da'asa me'asar rechika, kriva yatir gabe malka. Praise that comes from a faraway place is especially precious to the king. Someone is mechal Shabbos, he makes a bracha, it's more precious. He said, stop making chishwainis. If you feel like doing it, I'm not telling you to do something you don't feel like. If you feel like it, don't listen to that noise in your head that you shouldn't do it. That's stupid. You're going to get schar for the mitzvah. And why shouldn't you do what you want? I said, you know, I know you're not keeping Shabbos. If you want, I'm not telling you to do. If you want, make Yiddish Friday night. Take some grape juice, make Yiddish, and then do what you want. I wanted to give him a little bit of a right? He's like, I could do that. I'm like, yeah, if you want, if you think you can do that, do that. And don't, don't do things that you can't do. So the Yitzhahar does that. Half, 10% or 90%, whatever it is, percent, he can't do, so then don't do the rest. No, there's certain things that you could do. Do the things you could do. Could you do Bayram and Ebisam and Matzah Shabbos? He doesn't smoke weed, but those who smoke weed for sure can do Bayram and Ebisam and Matzah Shabbos. Do Bayram and Ebisam. No, do it. Do what you can. Don't drop. Don't... And it's a big difference whether you do what you can or you don't do what you can. Very big difference. When you do what you can, you're showing Hashem, really, I want to do 100%. But I can't right now. You're showing that your rutzen is there. And you're doing what you can, and as you can do more, you'll do more. And, and when you drop it, then it's very also very hard to come back. When you're doing what you can, you're able to do more, you're able to do more. So you do what you can. And at the end, at the end, he was sitting here, I said, to be honest with you, I just want to, it was after a long, long few, few hours. Of, of like, I, I wish I could have had it recorded because the chizuk that he got from me, I mean, that's what you need. I, it was good. It was important for him. So he needed to hear what, what, what the truth is. Hashem, Hashem loves you. I told him, I'm very angry at Hashem that he did this to you after coming back. I mean, about tshuva and makam shal tshuva. You got hit again and you got broken again. Very upset. Very angry at Hashem. Right? Like they asked about the Baal Shem Tov, what's the meat of kvira for? He said, for Yenem Someone else yeah. We don't have to be so holy with somebody else. Like in Israel, they said a guy was sitting, and a waiter came with a whole thing of soup, and he tripped, and he spilled the whole soup on this guy. And the guy's like, <gasps> and the waiter says, Gamzul Taiva. You know, he's from Anyanim's Cheshvin, you know. So you, you get spilled on, and a Moshishmuz. Like, you know, let's say Gamzul Taiva Anyanim's Cheshvin. It's a Gemara, actually, with Rajbi. Shimabaycha, you know the Gemara? There was somebody who was cursing God. And Shimon Ba'ichai says to him, "Why are you cursing Hashem? Daven to him to to change your to change your matzav. Daven to him. Sounds good, right?" So the Gemara says that the guy said, "You're right. 
davening to Hashem that you should have all my pain. Shimon Ba'echai said, he, he was right. When someone's in pain, don't tell them to daven. When someone's in pain, we just spoke today, right? Everybody knows how everybody else is supposed to deal with their, with their pain. Everybody has good ideas for somebody else on how to, how to become closer to Hashem. Do it to yourself. Right? Shimon Ba'echai said, he's right. He's cursing God out of pain. You have no right to go tell him how to deal with his pain. It's a Gemara. I saw beautiful Nasiva Shalom. I, I, I was dancing from it. It's so Pashit. He says, Musr and Chasidus is for yourself. Not for Yenem, not for somebody else. We learn some Musr and we go out to change the world. We learn some Chasidus about, yeah, and we go out, no, Chazak, other people. He says, no, that's for yourself. For other people, there's sympathy, there's empathy, there's Chizuk for them. Don't use your Musr that you're so holy to crush other people. Okay. So I told him, though, now that we spent so much time together, we connected, I hugged him a few times in the middle. I said, the truth is, I, I, I'm angry at you. So I just want to tell you, I want to bring it up. I'm, I'm very upset. I'm angry at you. He says, why? I said, I saw you sent me pictures last week, two weeks ago. You weren't wearing a yarmulke. And now, you came to me, you put on a yarmulke. So he looks at me, he says, oh, out of respect. I said, that's not respectful. That's disrespectful. I want a relationship with the real you. I don't need you to dress up for me. Who am I that you should dress up? I want the real you. Your kids don't have to dress up for the people on the street so they can be real. This whole idea, you have to dress up for me out of respect, then you don't get the real person. You don't want your kid to wear a yarmulke. You want your kid to want to wear a yarmulke. That comes from the power of influence, which is depending on the connection and the deep NKN that we're going to learn tomorrow. The depth of your relationship is going to make them one day want to wear a yarmulke. But such, where does this come from? You have to dress up for somebody in my house. You show me respect and dress. Would you do that if the president came? He may decide to put on a yarmulke when he goes to the hotel. That's his, that's his thing. But with a, a broken person, he has to dress up for me. You know what an impact it was? And I didn't, I didn't, I'm not faking it. It's easier when it's not your kid, I understand. But it doesn't change the medicine. I said, you disrespected me that you think that you need to dress up for me to like you. I like you. He took off his yarmulke. He cried. He stood up. I gave him such a yummy hug. And different, different than the hugs before. This was, I was hugging the real you. Don't let these things, if, if the, the problem is that the Mechal Shabbos, the problem is the eating treif, the problem is they have real problems, they have real, imagine someone with cancer, but you care that, the, that the, oh, don't, it's not respectful to come bald from the chemo, so put on a wig. Ridiculous. We have major problems we have to overcome. Kids who want to die, kids who are suicidal, kids who are on drugs, kids who want, and religiously, major problems. And you're going to tell them you have to be respectful to me. Is that our religion? That you have to dress up for me? That makes me feel what? What I feel better? It's psychotic. It's like, oh, I look around the table and I see all I see all my children wearing yamaka, even though I know that you're not from and you're eating trafe and you're dating a shiksa. I feel better. What are you crazy? You feel, do you feel better because you see this yamaka on the head when you know what they're that they're not holding by it? No, we have to get real. So that's the next step. Not just saying, you know, that you don't have to dress up for me. You don't have to be... I'm insulted because I want the real you. 
An eina doima, eina doima. You cannot compare a relationship to somebody that feels that they have to dress up for you, or some, or someone that knows. I don't. I can. I can. I can be me. I can be me. And I showed. And you are enough. You are good enough for me. And you are good enough, especially for parents. If you're good enough for Abba, you're good enough for Avinu Shemayim. You're not out. You're not knocked out. You're not out of the out of the religion. You're not out of the relationship. That's what we strive for. Don't let little things. Narishka, it's so stupid. It's so foolish compared to what we have to do. You have to do CPR on a patient to save their lives, and what's getting in the way is stupidity. I would say it's almost like the Gemara, the Chassid Shaita. He doesn't want to go save a woman drowning in the, in the ladies' pool because he doesn't want to see Natsnias. It's called a Chassid Shaita. At least he's a Chassid. Not so bad. <coughs> It's a it's a, it's a beginner of a, of a rachstos. At my table, you need to wear a yarmulke. No, at my table, I want them to want to wear a yarmulke. Then I know I was successful. When they when they put it on after they're they know I'm happy that they don't wear it. They want to do it. They they their rutzen is to do it either because they really halavai that they want the yarmulke or even out of respect. Fine, when they want to do it out of respect. But I I say I don't need it. No no I, I feel more comfortable. Hey. You feel more comfortable with your pants on, your pants off, I don't care. Yarmulke on, yarmulke. Do whatever you want. But to, but you understand the depth of the relationship that you need to have is so is being blocked by dress codes. In my house, you have to dress as Sneas. Now, what, what would have happened if you would have kept that? Eight years, she wasn't home. She wasn't home. So she would be another 10 years, another 20 years. You, you, she wouldn't be alive, okay? But also, she told you then so many times that she didn't come home because of the dress code. So if the whole thing that's going to save them, as we see from the Chazanish and the Baal Shem Tev and all of the other Marimachim, the whole thing is connection. And so many times you couldn't connect, you couldn't do CPR because she thought, I can't come home without a dress. So you, lost, you lost out on so many opportunities. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying it's easy, but if the medicine is connection, if the medicine is their their birthright, as Rabbi Shimon said, their birthright is to have parents who accept me, I'm a human being. And you know what they say? They say, I know I'm a good person. I care about the, the homeless, and I care about the, the stranded dogs, and I care about people's pain. I'm, I'm such a bad person that they can't, I have to dress up for them. I'm not good enough the way that I am because I clicked unsubscribe on Judaism, so I lose my parents. And is that our message? I would say, because I have a collection of over 4,000, I'm putting together books, an encyclopedia of stories from, from everywhere. From everywhere. Litvish, Hasidish, everything. Nowhere does it say rejection. Nowhere does it say, it's communism. It's communism. And, and you know what happens with communism? Ultimately, it fails. It doesn't make anybody want. The one thing that you cannot control, you can get them to dress up any way you want, but you can't, control somebody's rutzon. You can't control their their rutzon. And the only thing that's going to get them back is their rutzon, their inner will to want. So you don't want your kid to put on tefillin. You want your kid to want to put on tefillin. You don't want your daughter to be tzniyas. You want your daughter to want to be tzniyas. And you can't accomplish to change somebody's rutzon with force, control, manipulation, power, deals, none of that. It doesn't create rutzon. It does not create the inner rutzen, which only comes from the power of influence, like what you do, like what you do, like what all of you people are doing. That your kids are so close to you and feel fully accepted. 
Then, when they're out of their pain, you're their role model. Who else are they going to want to be like? They're never going to want to be like somebody who shows them that our Torah says that if you're out, I can't look at you. And I can't make a bracha in front of you. I got a shayla, someone called me. And we called, we called, uh, Shlita. And the problem was, they said, we can't invite her to the Hanukkah party. Because the brothers and the uncles, big Talmud Chachamim, Tzadikim, Ga'inim, said that if she's gonna come, not sneezestick, we're not coming to the Hanukkah party. And why? Why? Don't, you don't have to, mamish. Look, I mean, you know, if to be polite, we go in the streets, anybody doesn't go to, to, to get a million dollar loan from the bank, worried about sneers? You starting on, on her? Right? Story in a story in a story. I got challenged from, uh, uh, by the siblings when I meet the sibling group. So this very nice chosh of a tzaddik of a boy tells me, I don't want to see not sneers. So I said, between me and you, you never watch a movie? Nobody's looking. You never, you never go on the street. You never see Natsniyas? He said, mm-hmm. sometimes. I said, okay. So start with that. You don't start with your sister. You have to start your, your Elchite and your Frumkite on your sister. She's never suicidal and dying. First cut out movies and cut out the streets and then walk with you. And then the last piece of your Shemir is saying, I am, we can talk about your sister. You're starting with, everybody wants to start, right? Like what a story within a story within a story. What the Lubavitcher Rebbe said, I think it was the Rayats, right? They said, how are you loving people? It says in the end of Shulchan Aruch, you're not supposed to love. The end of Chayshu Mishpah, you're not supposed to love. So he said, you're supposed to start at the beginning. If you makayim all the halachas of all the Arba Chelke Shulchan Aruch, you end with that, okay. But you're starting from that side, it's not coming from a good place. Or like another, another. I think the Vishnitzer Rebbe said, I think it was the Emrechayim or the Avas Yisrael said, I'd rather be over. Oh, he said like this, how come you love people that, uh, that it's mutter l'snaisoi, it's mutter to hate. So he said, Kadashat mechaba mutter lach. I don't know how to say it in English. You can be, be holy by things that are mutter. You know, like it's mutter l'snaisoi, but it's okay. I, I don't have to hate them, you know. And there's many other stories. So I have a collection of four million, million, billion stories. This attitude is not Yiddish. The G'daylam didn't say, you have to, you have to, you better. They said like the story from the, the other story that I sent around with, with the vision that Sarebbe told him, the guy who came with a motorcycle on Shabbos, he said, Kim Vidavist, Vendavist. Come as you are, dressed as you are, you can't buy motorcycle. In a t-shirt, come when you want. And he said, and, and I remained there. Acceptances from us. The rejection and the control comes from communism and it comes from the Arabs. Blow up the infidels. You don't subscribe to me, blow up the infidels. And a lot of people, Jewish people, do what you just did. You smirk. I got news for you. What you do is worse than blow up the infidels. You kill their parents. You kill the fact you're alive, but they don't, have, they don't feel that they have parents. You make them Yisayimim Av in the name of Hashem. And Hashem is saying, mm, mm. Listen to the Baal Shem Tov, he's on my wall. Listen to the Chazanish, he's on my wall. Where is it? It's over there. Listen to Rav Palm, listen to the listen to the listen to all these people representing Hashem, and you're representing Hashem, and saying, I can't look at you. You disgust me. Weird. Show me one story that that's what happened. Show me one tzaddik, one gadol that talked like that. It's pain. Yes, you're entitled to be in pain, but don't kill your kid because of it, in the name of God. What you should say, if you're honest, is, my child, Hashem wants me to love you, but I'm a stupid human, and I do a lot of sins, and this is one of them. Get out of my house. But don't do it in the name of Hashem. 
Do it in the name of your ego. Fine, I, I respect you. Do it in the name of your ego. Do it in the name of the Shechinim. I'm sacrificing you on behalf of my neighbors. Like they used to throw the kids, right? Okay, that's a good reason to lose your kid. Okay, fine. Especially if you live in Williamsburg. I understand. Neighbors is very powerful, right? I, I'm doing it in the name of, I'm embarrassed of my. Do it in your own personal flaws and small mindedness, Halbatzar, but you do it in the name of Hashem, the name of God. I'm so from that you can't behave this way in front of me. I can't tolerate you. No, hang on. That's not what Hashem says through the tzaddikim of so many generations.